Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? This is a huge night for the draft community as today was the NBA draft lottery. And on today's show, we are going to talk about the results of the lottery. And my guest, well, not even my guest, my co-host for today, I got the grinder in Leaf Tuline, and I got the experience happy magic draft today in Richard Stamen. In this episode, like I said, we're going to talk about what went down on the lottery. Stay tuned. All right, shout out to each and every person that has made this NBA Big Board podcast a success. And guys, it is go time now. This is the time that everybody's going to be paying attention to the draft. Now we got the casual fans listening. So I'm excited. All right, let's let's just get right into this episode. With Orlando winning the lottery, where what direction should they go in? We'll start with you, Mr. Magic Draft. Logic draft tonight, man. The doves are taken. Now, I think, uh, you know, we talked about it on the reaction show uh, a little bit after the lottery had happened. And you brought up a really good point, which is that they're redundant. Like the number one pick actually doesn't on paper, you know, it doesn't actually fit them. I think the best thing for them now is getting the number one player in a decent draft. It's not bad. Um, getting number one pick in that gives them leverage now to be able to move on from some of those positions that they're redundant in, say they take Chet Holmgren, they can now finally get off the Jonathan Isaac train because of all the injuries and everything else. Then could have just the front court be Franz, Wendell Carter and Chet Holmgren. And then once they move on from Isaac, it becomes a little bit easier too. I think when you have a cornerstone guy, depending if Chet is the pick, it becomes easier to move on from some of the other guys in redundant positions, even like the guards, it trickles down almost. Man, it's, it's just a weird situation because I don't know if Chet is your number one, like your franchise changer. I don't know if if Jabari Smith is your franchise changer. And I don't even know if you're going to get fair value for Jonathan Isaac. Is, is it just like a, a salary dump in a sense? So what are your thoughts on this, Leaf? I think the Magic have an interesting dilemma at their hands. Yes, they have the keys. They, they start the draft and they can take their guy, whoever that might may be. But you almost wonder if you, they'd rather have the second pick, which seems ridiculous, but then you at least have someone eliminated and you can pick the best available without thinking, well, do we play fit or best available? And I think they're in this stage where, where they've kind of been in this rut of getting second pick with Victor Oladipo, uh, fifth pick Jalen Suggs, couple players like that where they haven't exactly panned out to what the level you want you want a franchise altering talent is chet holmgren that guy who could alter your your team but he's not the guy you want all in the hands face of the franchise in that same sense paolo banquero could be jabari smith could be uh we discussed that i don't think jabari smith is that guy that all all nba talent paolo banquero could be but redundancy makes you makes you concerned um i, I would i think i would take chet uh, I mean, sorry, I would take Paolo. I do believe the Magic will take Chet. Yeah, I, I would take, I mean, I, I'm, I've been riding the Ben Carroll bandwagon all season. I think that he has the best opportunity to be like a franchise changing superstar on offense. There may be some concerns on, on, on defense, but I, I don't see them going in that direction. I think it's between Jabari and, 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 and Chet. Who, not, who are you taking, Richard? 
if it were me, I mean, I, I'm, my number one player is very different from you guys. Is I'm taking Jabari Smith. I think I think there's a void in shooting on that team, and you get an elite shooter, and also the defensive identity they built it with that. You know, they have a lot of stout, stout defenders. Uh, but you could also make the argument is Chet that much worse of a shooter, and he's probably a better defender just by the position and role he plays on defense. And, you know, if Chet Holmgren's playmaking ability we saw in high school does come back a little bit in, in the NBA, because the college game, one with Gonzaga and Drew Timmy, it really didn't play to his playmaking strengths, but to just the spacing. If that does come into fruition, I think you have yourself a, a real star. So I, I'm taking, I'm probably taking Chet Holmgren. Also, he has the least overlap of any of the three players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jabari's shooting is needed. Orlando was like towards the bottom of the league in, in three-point field goal percentage. And so Jabari Orchett helped bring, uh, you know, fill a void as, as far as for outside shooting. With the guys that are on the Magic roster, do you think, whether it's Jabari or Chet, do you think those guys are going to get the touches they need from their guards? I'm not sure, and that and that's the issue with the Magic. It's going to be very egalitarian for all these up-and-coming players that haven't quite – stamp themselves as the franchise player and i don't think jabari or chet to answer your question if i had to take a side i don't think they get the touches to become that stamped franchise player that really elevates them out of the lottery and and the bottom end of the lottery one through ten i think they could maybe get themselves out of one through five but five through ten is kind of where i foresee them the next year um in terms of percentage odds obviously the lottery made the balls bounce in, in any way but I, I don't think that either of those two guys will get enough touches to stamp themselves as the face of the franchise and, and lead them to the promised land, at least immediately. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. All right. Here's a tough question for you, Richard, who is, or what is Orlando's starting lineup to begin the season? And considering everybody's healthy, Jonathan Isaac is back at hundred percent. What, what is their starting lineup? I, I hate you for this question, by the way, like, this is, <laughs> I, I'd be shocked if I get two of these right. So uh, that's not a good thing. That is not a good, a good well, thing when you don't. When, not not saying like for you, it's just not a good thing when you have you have no idea what a team's starting lineup is going to be. It's that means you have a lot yeah, of I, <laughs> redundancy or no clear cut yeah. dogs. Well, I think they're going to make trades. I think I'll, I'll preface it with I think they make a three for one at least one of those. Uh, to clear out some of that, whether it's like Okiki, Ross, and Hampton, at least does something. It at least, you know, the forward depth and the front court depth takes a nice little break. But I'm going to say starting at point guard is Markel Fultz. I feel confident in that. At the shooting guard, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to guess Cole Anthony because he's been there longer and Jalen Suggs was pretty rough last year. So I'll go with him. At the three, I have zeroed out. I, I think I'm pretty confident going forward in this one. Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter at the four. He, he was actually very good at playing the four. There's no issues with that this year. And then Chad Holmgren at the five. Interesting. So you think they go with this jumbo lineup similar to the Cavs in, in a sense? Yeah, I, I think so. It was hard to boot Isaac, but I mean, speaking of boots, like he's probably been in a boot more than <laughs> like, no pun, no wordplay intended. I just kind of saw that one right in front of me. But I mean, like, what a, do a we even plus know execution. 
A plus execution there. That was that was excellent. I mean, he should be healthy. I mean, he hasn't played since 2020. Oh, he had a surgery. He had a surgery to, to end the year. So you yeah, don't know. Yeah. Leaf, well, who do you think their, their starting lineup is? Actually, you know what? Who is their closing lineup, which is more important? This is where it really gets tough. I think I'd go with the majority of the same. I think I'm going Cole Anthony. I think they go. I think they go Jalen Suggs to close because he's really good defensively. I, I think they go Jalen Suggs, and I'd stay the same front court that Richard went. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Terrence Ross gets in there though uh, in the backcourt. But I'll go. I'll go Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. Mark Elf. Ooh. Yeah. Markel Fultz. I think you got to still trust Markel Fultz based off what we saw early before the injury. Um, Another guy who's just terribly injury prone, unfortunately. So it's hard to predict who's going to be there, but I think I go same front court as Richard. I feel pretty good about that. And then I'll go Fultz and Anthony. Or Jamal Mosley. He thought he had the Mavs job. He has the magic job, which, you know, I mean, there's only 30 NBA head coaching jobs in the world, but he has a lot of, of mouths to feed, a lot of people to try to try to keep happy. All right. In the next segment, we're going to talk about what team is probably the most disappointed with what happened in today's lottery. But before we go there, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens AG1 because I didn't have time. I wanted better gut health more energy, optimized immune system, and I hated taking pills. I'm bad at swallowing them, and vitamins don't taste very good. I want a supplement that actually tasted great and wanted to see what the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. I personally consume in the morning. It's a good start to my day. It tastes great. AG1 benefits my lifestyle as I've been working hard to get healthy this summer. And it, it helps me be at my most energetic from the earliest part of the day. And if you're curious about health facts, Athletic Greens is keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It's, it's affordable as well. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to cover a customer over $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own that was affordable. Right now, it's time to, your, to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Once again, this is the NBA Big Board Podcast, and I have the the grinder in, in leaf, and then we have the expert, which is AKA, you know, he's not even Mavs draft today. He is strictly magic draft. All right. So we spent the first segment talking about Orlando and, and just everything that's going on there and, and how we have no idea what direction they're going. But next I want to talk about which team leaves the lottery disappointed. Like which team had their hearts ripped out tonight? I'll go with you first, Leaf. 
I, I think there's two teams that have very clearly tried to tank their way into the promised land. And that were, those were the Indiana Pacers and the Portland Trailblazers. They got the sixth and seventh pick respectively. And both teams have aspirations of getting back to the playoffs, which they've been accustomed of, of being in, um, in a short, quick turnaround. And I think being sixth is, is that uh, no man's land. Who are they going to take at six? Who are, who are the Blazers going to take at seven? That can elevate teams that they think if they were to run it back with the roster that they have, that could contend for the playoffs immediately. And the Pacers in particular may have to rearrange their roster. Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner could be on the trading block. And I'd be curious to see what happens, assuming that Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey are gone one through four. Shaden Sharp goes five, and I think most people have him at fifth right now. Who's next there? I think there's a significant drop-off in, in high-level ceiling talent um, from five to six. And I'm curious what those teams do and how they maximize the last years of Damian Lillard and the the years of work for, or I guess this past year of work for the Pacers to optimize their ability to get a star. I'm a Blazers fan. That is my team. And I, I mean, I didn't expect them to get into the top four. I expected them to be in the six or seven range. I do think Benedict Matherin or AJ Griffin can come in and help. I mean, Blazers need shooting. They need some size on the wing. So I think that helps them out. My vote would be the Pistons. Everyone had them, you know, expected to be in the top three. They end up falling to five, but it's not all doom and gloom because I think at five, they may be able to get Shaden Sharp, who would have been at least the top two or three pick if you were in the 2023 draft. I mean, of course, that's based off projections. Richard, which team do you feel like was the most disappointed with the results yeah I mean dude you were with me when you found out this nugget like the Pistons really wanted Chet Holmgren so they missed out a lot by dropping so the Pistons are definitely a prime candidate but I'll go with someone else another team that is picking at the same spot as they did last year at number three and that's the Houston Rockets I think it's a I don't want to say it's like a some major failure but when you're the worst record in the league for two straight years and all you have to show for it is two number three picks, you don't even get in the top two. That's pretty tough. Um, I, I think they wanted, you know, last year they felt pretty hurt. They still got their guy. I think all along Jalen Green was the guy that both they wanted there and he wanted to be there. But this year, I don't know if they're going to have such luck in, in having somebody who's all in on the city and that they're all in on as a prospect. So Houston really needed the number one pick. I think they won. I think Houston is in a good situation because they get to pick who's ever left between Van Carroll, Jabari, and Holmgren. And so if it ends up being Van Carroll, that's who I would have selected at number one for them. Now you have another ball handler. I mean, I think you get another potent offensive player. You get a, a guy that's going to rebound and pass. So I think Houston is, is in a really good situation. <laughs> yeah, here, here's one for you. And I'm laughing because it's the Kings. What are your thoughts on the Sacramento Kings situation? They end up being fourth. And on most boards, Jaden Ivey is the fourth best player available, which speaking of redundancy, I mean, that means they drafted a guard. Would that be four drafts in a row? Yep. <laughs> so for, if you're, for the last five for, for the, the last five. five okay yeah exactly. in there. 
and uh, that you know how that worked out. So, if you're the Kings, like, do you go with Ivy, or do you gamble on Shaden Sharp? Well, <laughs> you have a hundred percent success rate in finding good guards. Maybe you just keep drafting guards. You know they won't bust. But, <laughs> but no, I, if I were them, I mean, if they stay at the pick, you don't you don't take Ivy. Look, I, I see it as a Magic fan. Don't keep building it. Uh, know when you've hit the limit. I would take a swing <laughs> for the fences. There's even an argument here for Jalen Duran. I'm not there, but I think that the teams will make that argument because look at the Kings front court right now. If you take out Sabonis, they have the worst rotation in the league, big man rotation in the league. It's rough out there for them. And I think they wanted Chet. And if they get Jalen Duran, that's a big option. But ultimately, I think they're going to trade back. It wouldn't shock me to see them ending back up in that number seven they had originally and getting assets along along the way, basically, to stay where they were. Ooh, man. So, man, trading back. I mean, that fan base would be livid if they, I mean, I mean, I guess they would be livid if they traded back because think if Shaden Sharp pans out, which based off the King's history, if they pass on him, then he will pan out. <laughs> so, man, that would be tough. Leaf, like, what, what do you do if you're Sacramento? Fourth pick. I mean, do you go with the best player available, which, you know, that's what, the consensus says you're in the you know you're trying to collect talent and drafting the best player available regardless of fit or do you break that rule here i think sharp is is such a there's a qualifier with him it's that we just don't know and i think in terms of best player available available he may have a higher ceiling than even ivy i I, you just don't know what his floor is and so that that makes this a more interesting discussion uh i would lean towards best player available if they're taking four, I don't think they trade backwards. Uh, I, I think they would maybe trade out and try to get an established talent. If they were to make a trade, I, I would go Ivy. If they keep the pick, um, I think you're a little safer. The interesting thing about the Kings is they've had this, this drought of not making the playoffs. And I think I've seen some people talk about, and I wouldn't do this. I want to specify that, but I've seen people talk about Keegan Murray um, to the Kings here and I think that gets you to the purgatory of the playing game. I think he's a more win now ready player than some other players that are that you could take higher than him. Um, but I think the Kings are the Kings are in a need to really find their superstar. And Darren Fox is a star, but he's not a superstar. And I think you you go for that and Jaden Ivey. Long story short. Yeah, speaking of Keegan Murray, I mean, I've spent the last few days in the in the hotel where all the all the players and executives are staying and Keegan Murray actually looks a lot slimmer than, than I thought. I, I thought he was a little bulkier. I don't know if he's lost weight to allow him to maybe play some three. I, I mean, I don't think that's what he'll do, but I don't know if that was his game plan, but to me, he looked noticeably simmer slimmer. Now, is there any other teams that you felt like would probably be disappointed in where the odds or, or where the, the ping pong balls bounce? I mean, Portland is the obvious answer, but I mean, when you're a team outside of that, I think there were a couple that probably needed that San Antonio accidentally got into the play-in game. They were probably hoping, you know, some lottery luck in terms of, uh, in terms of bouncing up, but another one, I mean, I know Leaf, you've thought of this a lot, but the Knicks really kind of got screwed because they were, they were in the absolute worst case of year. I don't know how on earth, just looking at their record, I did not, I did, would not have pegged them as the best team under 500 in terms of record. They needed to be worse. They needed better draft slot. I was a little bit shocked to see them as well. What do you think their needs are? 
uh, Kentucky point guards. So you think- Kentucky, but they, they do actually need a, they actually do need uh, a point guard. And I, I think there's a chance that, uh, that Mitchell Robinson leaves and who knows, I don't think Derwin's Noel and Taj Gibson are exactly the, the bigs of the future there. So maybe you could go with a big man and then you could also say a front court three and D guy in case Cam Reddish doesn't work out. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's like the whole joke. They're going to take a Kentucky point guard, but Ty Ty Washington is not a CAA guy. I think he's with rep one. So I wonder, does that, does that um, change anything? All right. When we return in this last segment, we'll talk a little bit about what we talked about earlier, which team has the toughest choice to make in this draft. Imagine dipping your finger in that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs in the mail the other day, and I've never had anything like this. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they'll be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. These are limited. I don't know about you guys, but my personal favorite, these birthday cakes are up there, but my personal remain favorite, excuse me, remains the cookies and cream. I don't know if you guys have a favorite and want to share, but there's just so many options out there with built. So go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order and use promo code again, locked 15 for 15% off at built. These are 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only nine grams of sugar. And these limited time flavors are an amazing option. If you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day, again, go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off at built. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why under often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, such as is your Odyssey and LX, EX, and make and model, all of that, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry when you have access to rockauto.com in your phone and at home. With Rock Auto, you can save time and money, and why choose to spend 30% 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. And they also have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, this last segment, I want to talk about which teams have the toughest choice to make. And I'll start off with the Washington Wizards. If you're Washington, what direction do you go in? If Bradley Bill stays, do you take the best player available, which could be someone like Johnny Davis, or do you just go for a point guard because that is obviously the most glaring need? Like, I don't know. I don't even know what direction the Wizards go in. I don't even know their identity at this point. I know based off of their rosters today, you have to figure Bill is, is, is their starting two. You have to figure Porzingis is their four. Or did they play him at the five when, when he finished? Do you know if he played the four or the five? I, I can't. I can't remember. So I, I figure right, Porzingis is going to start, and then uh, Rui would start. So, I mean, I guess point guard is the most glaring need. But if you're the Wizards, and this is a question for you, Leaf, if you're the Wizards, do you take 
Johnny Davis if he's available, or do you take someone like Dyson Daniels or even maybe like Atari Eason? I think I'd go. I think I'd go need and and get your general. Honestly, I, I would take Ty Ty Washington as as the point guard if I were to t- take to go need. Um, I think that's the, honestly that might be the loser of the draft now that I think about it because I don't know where I'm going with it. Uh, Tari Eason would scare me a little bit because we talked about redundancy. He's different than Rui, but they're both in a similar body type and play would play a similar role. I'm personally low on Johnny Davis and that could come back to bite me, but I, I don't think I would take the, take him there. You could maybe swing for the fences and go for a guy like Blake Wesley, who's a little more dynamic than Ty Ty Washington, but I think Ty Ty Washington gives you the position of need potential pick and roll savant. And, uh, I think that could be the position that gets your franchise going as a, as a general of the team. All right. So back when you leave, what team do you think has the toughest choice to make on draft night? Besides Orlando and Sacramento. Okay. Those are the, those are the first two. I I would go Washington. I I would go Washington. And, and that I think depending how the board falls, obviously, if someone, if someone falls down out of the people that we think is going to be above um, the 10th pick, I think that makes it easier for them, but out of the way, the board falling the way we projected it, at least in the locked on live show, uh, I kind of think the wizards have the toughest choice. What about you, Richard, which team outside of the teams that we talked about has the toughest choice on draft night? Well, first of all, let me, let me address something that's been said. If you're watching, you do not take a general think about, think about the, <laughs> the president in that sense, <laughs> you're a Washington taking a general that is destiny to be a failure. And um, so I would actually say, you know, I, I've never really understood the, there's always a disconnect, right? There's always somebody who were like, wait, this guy went in the lottery and it's probably somebody that you could have had seven, five picks later. And this year it's going to be Charlotte. They're going to take one of the big men that is going to be an absolute reach. And for me, I don't have, I can't figure out which of the main three are the, is the best Mark Williams, Christian Coloco and Ismail Kamikaze. I know like Mark, uh, Raphael, you and I had a lengthy discussion about my opinions on Mark Williams and some of the centers, but I really do think there is, it is tighter than, than it's given credit for. I mean, you've seen Kamigate. I don't, I don't need to sell you on him, but he's pretty versatile for those who don't know. He is versatile. He's mobile potential to shoot. I mean, he shoots some mid range, right? Raphael. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, I've seen him do it in a workout. Didn't really get a chance to do it in games. Um, Cause you know, in Europe, they're not wanting you to develop your skill set <laughs> in games. Everything is about winning. And what's interesting about Kamigate is he, was supposed to come to the draft, but he's not at the combine because his team lost the game last week and they need to win their next game to stay in the league. So that just shows you how important it is for, for winning that they're not going to let you, you know, work on your, on your jump shot during the game or show that you can't shoot jump shots if they have you in this box as, as, as a role guy. But yes, uh, I mean, I think Mark Williams, I think it's, the Duke connection, not not saying, you know, Jordan's a North Carolina guy, obviously, but I think he kind of is like a – he'll be a fan favorite in a sense because of, of his connections to, to, the, um, to the area. And, um, and I just thought he just put himself in the best position during, during the NCAA tournament with his defense and his rebounding and, and all of that. But like we said earlier, I don't know if it was early on this show or maybe it was the, the, the draft show that we talked about. 
I'm getting them all mixed on. It seems like we've been talking about the same thing for the last hour. But Mark Williams helps them probably make the playoffs next year. But can he play minutes in the playoffs? And that's something that I mean, that's a whole subject that we can talk about as far as like drafting bigs. All right. So this last question is for you, Richard, the Mavericks. Who should the Mavericks take or name some guys in their range that you in, in the range where they'll be drafting that you think is a good fit? Well, I just said two of them, Christian Coloco, Ismael Kamigate. I mean, we're seeing the big man, the lack of a big man. It really hurt in games one and two against Phoenix. However, uh, you know, with the big men in the league that are left actually in the playoffs, it's pretty weak, especially in the West. I mean, the starting centers are each white Powell versus Kevon Looney. So you may not actually need to go that route. So they could be able to go with wing or, or even a guard if they're kind of feeling bold. But a couple other guys that are in the mix for me, I mean, I'm looking – I'm looking at Wendell Moore. I think he fits that low usage, being able to do a lot next to Luka Doncic. And then if I want, I don't know what to do with the, some of the other guys because there's a lot of swings for the fences here, but Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, uh, good size, really good skill set, ambidextrous kind of player. Jake Coravia, if they want to add a front court player wing, I know he's someone you've gotten to see work out. And then just one more who you'll love this pick. You, you'll you'll love the growth from me. Maybe uh, my guy Turquavion Smith, I, or your guy, excuse me, Turquavion Smith. I like him a lot as a guard if they're trying to go high up. Yeah, he would be interesting. I mean, I think, man, it's like, do you draft a guard? Because the draft is before free agency. You don't know what happens with Brunson. I think he should stay. But, man, it's it's hard to, like, not – pay attention to the connections. I, I did a little research. I, um, one of Tibbs' favorite players when he was an assistant coach with the Knicks was Rick Brunson. And if I'm not mistaken, Rick Brunson is represented by CAA, which is rep, which represents Tibbs, which you know was ran by Leon Rose, who is now in charge of the Knicks. I, I mean, I think they're going to make a huge run for Jalen Brunson. We all saw the game at the beginning of the playoffs where the Knicks like front office was at the Mavs jazz game. And, you know, technically they're saying they were there to watch Donovan Mitchell, but you know, I, I think the Brunson to New York rumors are legit. So with that being said, do the Mavs draft an insurance policy? Like do you draft a Jaden Hardy or Turquavian and, knowing that there's no room there's I mean there's not going to be any opportunities for them to play if Brunson comes back and it, is Hardaway Jr. a free agent this year no he just signed a big four-year deal that's right that's but right. I think he might get salary dumped man he's this year's Karan Butler 2011 version of Karan Butler Leaf did the uh Jazz have a pick this year no, they don't. <laughs> All right, but, but, but for the Mavs, like I got, I got a few guys uh, seeing the Mavs firsthand recently, and obviously watching on TV. But uh, what about Patrick Baldwin Jr. catching shooting from Luca? Um, uh, Jaden Hardy, you just mentioned that was my other guy. I don't know if he falls that far. Um, and then I think, I think it would be interesting if they were to take a guy um, that is a little more defensively oriented because they're obviously Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are the story of their success. Like obviously Luca's the engine, but uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, if they get another guy kind of fits that mold and, and it replenishes it along with Josh Green for the next generation, because Luca's only 23, I think that could be something that could be prudent for the Mavs. I would go with Gabriel Prashida over Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think he just has a defined role. He's athletic and I, I'm just not big on Patrick Baldwin Jr. 
Well, thank you guys for for back-to-back episodes. And I mean, this is one of our, our biggest days of the year. And shout out to each and every person that has tuned in to this episode and made it your first listen of every day. Now for your second listen, make the Locked On NBA podcast. I mean, your, your second listen from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. The Locked On expert take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I am Rafael Barlow, joined by Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Magic Draft Today, and Leaf Tuling, and we are out.